Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! They're still doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extra Plasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet whose unproduced April Fool's Day episode ideas included renaming the podcast Excess Plasm, a podcast that only gripes about Ghostbusters that isn't the original. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Vink Maniac, and I'm happy to join you this week to tell you that I'm not going to be inundating you with a bunch of nonsense and fake episode ideas, even though I had a huge list of April Fool's Day, uh, some of which included things like a Filmation Ghostbusters podcast, one of which was just to pretend that this was the interdimensional cross-rip and see how many of you noticed, um, but there won't be an April Fool's uh, special. You'll just get to hear about all the unproduced sort of interdimensional cable ideas that I had, uh, because this week instead, we're going to give you a bit of a mini-sode and a sort of drive-by on headlines. We don't have a guest until after the Easter holiday, uh, so this is going to be a bit of a solo show for me. So if you're the kind of person who tunes into this show because you like to hear from me and my commentary, then today's your day. Uh, On the other hand, if you tune in for the awesome guests that come on the show on a regular basis, uh, then today's not your day because there's not going to be one of those today. Uh, But part of the reason I want to make sure we had a show is because there's a few important uh, headline items to talk about, a piece of speculation that I wanted to talk about in terms of the Recto one. Uh, and also I wanted to make sure you know about a couple different merch things that are happening, especially a couple of franchise, uh, offerings that are kind of time sensitive that I didn't want to let run out on the month. So, uh, to be fair and give you some fair game because there is an Easter holiday next week and the show often comes out on Mondays. There is a potentiality that next week there may not be an episode. I don't want to say there won't be yet because I don't know how I feel about it yet. Um, but I want to be fair in saying that it may turn out that there's not a lot to talk about. And that there's not anybody around because everybody's off doing things involving rabbits and Deacon Zeke's to basket. And those of you who've seen Bill and Ted's bogus journey, you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, those of you who have, have not, you need to go fix that. Uh, but just kind of be advised that you may have a week off from Extraplasm next week. We'll see. You have definitely have an episode that's one day late this week because, hey, life happens. But free podcasts are free podcasts. They happen when they happen. (laughs) So um, I hope that's okay with everybody else because it's certainly okay with me. And part of the reason the podcast came out late was because I just needed some rest. Uh, For those of you who, you know, listen to the podcast regularly, you know that I, uh, my real job, I teach and uh, we finally got to spring break. And so I got to finally get some sleep, which was amazing. Uh, Instead, now we're, you know, two days into spring break and I'm staying up late to record a podcast. So I'm sure I'll get right back to the exhaustion very quickly. But before I do, we should get into some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. All in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. To start off our discussion of the news this week, let's chat about Ghostbusters Firehouse the next Ghostbusters movie that's slated to be released in December of this year. Uh, Last episode, we talked about the fact that Patton Oswalt, Kumail Nanjiani, James Acaster, and Emily Allen Lind have all been cast in the film. and will be joining the cast, uh, you know, moving forward. Welcome to the family of Ghostbusters. Uh, And then this past Friday, PopCulture.com had an interview with Kumail 
about his involvement with the picture. And he told them, I can't really say very much about the character, except something about my appearance is different in it. He then added that the character um, that he's playing really does move the world forward quite a bit. Uh, and though he's not really getting into, you know, what the character is uh, and it is odd enough to say, like he says, his appearance has changed. He did turn up in an Instagram story later on in the week with bleach blonde hair um, <laughs> at an event. I don't know if that's what he means or if he means like, hey, I'm going to look like a ghost. I have no idea. Uh, but Kumail Nanjiani has sort of, uh, you know, taken the uh, he, he sort of jumped into the interview chair and started to talk about his involvement with the movie, which is cool. Uh, I've sort of have said that this is a little bit like watching Paul Rudd take the lead on talking about things uh, with Afterlife. So I'm kind of intrigued as to whether or not that means that Kumail Nanjiani has a similarly sized part or importance in the plot. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I'm, I think it's really cool that he's going to be involved in the movie. And the thing that I really like about the rest of his comments is that he said the first Ghostbusters was my first favorite movie. I watched it over and over and over. Truly, I remember my cousin telling me about the movie before I'd seen it, and I was like, wait, it's horror and it's comedy in the same movie? I couldn't believe it. It felt like it was made for me. Joining the Ghostbusters world isn't even a childhood dream come true. It's a dream I wouldn't even dare to dream. It was too, it was even too big to dream. Um, so I'm sure we're going to be hearing more about the cast as they make their rounds with the press over the next few months. But it's nice to hear Kumail talk about his involvement with the franchise as a matter of sort of growth within the fandom. Uh, and to sort of see that connect back to his childhood, his, uh, you know, his love of the film. I like when we see people who love our film franchise come work on it. I think that it's good for the film franchise when people who want to be there are uh, involved and who are not going to complain as much about carrying proton packs. I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> but I think that, you know, you see this in the in the hearts of the kids who are playing these roles in Afterlife. Uh, especially McKenna Grace, who has sort of talked about, you know, her deep fandom and her appreciation of Ghostbusters since she was a kid, that for them being on set, this is really about bringing a dream come true kind of moment. And I think about that in the same vein of watching people who love Star Trek get a chance to finally be on Star Trek and do something with it. And they, you know, do amazing performances and whatnot. So I'm really excited to have uh, somebody who's deeply invested and is off talking about it is always good, I think for our fa franchise that are, you know, our fandom. So, um, welcome Kumail Nanjiani. And, uh, we look forward to seeing more of what you have to share with us as we, uh, as, as we come up, you know, to, uh, to firehouse up in December, another firehouse news, or perhaps a rumor, if not hard news, a Reddit post turned up this past week in the Ghostbusters subreddit from a user named Rigamaroos, uh, which is not a very credible name to have because Rigamaroos sounds like you're trying to trick everybody. Uh, so if that's you, Rigamaroos, if you're listening right now, um, you know, if you want to post things and be taken seriously, maybe rethink that username. But I digress. Um, the post was titled Saw This by Six Flags the other day and contained within the post was a photo of a certain rusty and up until now missing old Cadillac. Uh, that's right. The, the Recto one that did not go to the UK and it was missing from the Sony lot when I visited there in January has finally turned up somewhere. And the place that it turned up was being pulled on a trailer down the street from Six Flags Magic Mountain in Valencia, California. Its roof rack was missing. One of its front white wall tires is missing and replaced with a regular tire. And the blue RV hoses uh, were attached but tattered and dangling from the car. Uh, so first things first, I know some of you right now are like, dude, are you seriously the guy who said he wasn't going to do leaks and now you're talking about a Reddit post? 
Let's be fair. This is not a leak. It's not about the plot. We know Ecto-1 exists. We know there's more than one of them. And we know that one of them is missing from the Sony lot. Uh, and two, it's not really a secret. The car was on a trailer driving down a public street. Uh, so it's not like this is a plot detail. We, we know Recto 1 exists. So before anybody's like, dude, I thought you were going to do spoilers. I'm still not going to do spoilers. This is not spoilers. Uh, but I, I kind of want to talk about this for a moment because it's kind of an interesting thing. So am I usually going to cite random photos from Reddit as a source? No. Uh, but to be real, the markings on the car absolutely match those of the drift car uh, that was on the Sony lot. And there's no question about this. It's not a fan replica. It's the actual car. And I recognized the a landmark in the photos um, that were posted. And in this case, the landmark was a road sign. And from there, I could see how green the foliage was in the photos versus how the exact same intersection looks from six months ago. Uh, on Google Maps. And there's no question in my mind as a person living in Southern California right now where it's been raining like crazy and all of the foliage is exploding into a, a, a jungle of green that we haven't seen in years. Uh, without question, <laughs> this photo is current because all of the grass, all of the trees, all of the leaves are totally blown out in the photo. Uh, and so I have no doubt in my mind that this is the Recto 1 and that this was a current photo taken within the last probably like week or 10 days uh, in Valencia. So, OK, fine. Why was the car then on the back of a trailer in Valencia? Well, the sign on the back of the car says Animals of Hollywood. If you've ever seen Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, you get that reference. If not, I don't know what to do for you. Um, <laughs> but the uh, there's there's the trailer. The, the Recto one was on. Uh, had a pretty clear labeling on it. Um, that labeling said vehicle effects. Now, this is something that was not talked about in the Reddit thread where this was posted. It was also not talked about in the Twitter thread where this was posted uh, by some by a Ghostbusters franchise. I believe it was Michigan. How's it going? Uh, but the point is that nobody was really talking about the fact that vehicle effects, the name that's printed on the very trailer that the Ecto-1 is riding on, is the company that makes the Fast and the Furious cars. Um, they're a screen car company. And so what was the Recto 1 doing on a trailer? Being pulled by a screen car company somewhere. Okay, so why Valencia? My favorite suggestion, flat out, is the person on the internet who suggested that perhaps uh, the car was in Valencia because the, the movie was going to somehow take place at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Um, and that they were going to be filming footage at an amusement park and thus the Recto 1 had been trailered there. Um, no, that's not what's going on. The Recto 1 is likely being worked on. That section of town is more or less commercial and industrial parks uh, with a lot of CNC specialists, collision centers, auto rebuilders. Um, and while I'm not going to like leave the name of where I think the car might have gone like on the air because I want to keep a company from being harassed. It's worth noting that like on the very street that the car was on, there is an automotive specialist whose focus is in classic car restoration and custom fabrication. <laughs> um, and so uh, the car was literally uh, like a quarter of a mile from the five freeway and vehicle effects is 25 minutes away down the five freeway. So look. My speculation here is that the Recto 1 was probably brought up from vehicle effects where it probably has been since it disappeared from the lot. 
uh, <laughs> because they're a screen car company and they warehouse cars and do things with them. And they probably took it to go have something worked on somewhere over in that area by a company that perhaps works on classic cars. Or maybe they just took it to a tire shop because it, it it's missing a white wall. Uh, the point is that the car is out there. Um, Where is it going next? My call, my speculation is New York City. This is the car that went to New York for the afterlife premiere. It's the drift car. It's the far more roadworthy car. And, you know, I think it makes sense to reason that the production needs a recto or perhaps even a rebuilt ecto for at least some exterior New York City scenes. I highly doubt that the plan is to take the, the car that's currently in the UK and bring it back to New York, like in time for shooting and also have to like, you know, whether or not you worry about whether the car comes back right, if something goes wrong with it in the process, etc., completely delay your stuff. But in a world where you have two of the same car, you, you have one that's in the UK, you take the other one, you ship it to NYC. So uh, my expectation is that next time somebody says, I saw the Ecto-1 on the side of the road somewhere, it might be on the island of Manhattan. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it'll be at Magic Mountain again. But it is really kind of exciting to know that the pieces of the production on the domestic side of this uh, that are here in the U.S. are also moving, that they're coming into focus um, and that, you know, the car is out there. Will, will it get rebuilt? Who knows? Um, I'll be honest. I have a feeling that, like, you know, there's a lot of people who keep saying, I hope they rebuild that car and that they, you know, bring it back to its Ecto-1 uh, pristine, you know, uh, level. But we already have Ecto-1. And to me, I don't think they're going to end up rebuilding the car for the simple fact that if you were going to, you would have had to rebuild both for continuity's sake, <laughs> because you can't ever have a pristine car in the firehouse unless you had it over in the set overseas. So and we know that the car that went there was not in pristine condition. So unless they choose to uh, somehow fix up a car using parts for a U.S. car that are completely unobtainium in Europe uh, <laughs> at a body shop in Europe. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And so um, I'm still going to stick with um, my plan, which is I want to see the Ecto one kind of get destroyed by the end of the movie. So if they don't rebuild it, it's okay. And maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're filling this Ecto one with lots of pyros so that by the end of the movie, they can blow it up. Um, some of you right now are like unsubscribe and I'm sorry. Uh, but I, I do. I kind of I, I kind of want to see it go. It's like the Enterprise. We need to blow it up and get another one now. Um, it's been around for a long time and 59 millimeters are not getting any easier to find to keep running things for production. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't wish it. I don't wish the car ill will. But uh, I also think that, you know, it's, it, it may be time. We may watch it go away. In the meantime, though, uh, there it's out there. There's at least one of them running around somewhere in California right now. Uh, or just hiding somewhere in a barn or a warehouse. But know that, you know, there's there's a car. It's being produced. It's being worked on in some capacity. And it'll probably be in New York soon. So um, not this week, maybe next week. Who knows? But keep your eyes peeled if you're a New Yorker. And, um, you know, start watching that firehouse because you might start seeing some stuff that just drives up to do some things when you least expect it. Who knows? Getting out of... um firehouse news a bit uh well let's talk about this one last item in some less serious and less confirmed firehouse news than even that recto one discussion uh ghostbusters news reported this week on a comicbook.com blurb about kurt fuller who played jack hardemeyer in ghostbusters 2 
He was asked if he would be open to reprising the role for Firehouse, and he replied, You know why I'm sitting by the phone? I'll take that call. I'm in New York right now. So, uh, I'm here. Where are they? I don't know. I think we only have two hours. I think so. We'll see who they get in. Uh, it was then revealed that in that article that Kurt Fuller doesn't actually know that the film is happening in the UK and not in New York. So I don't really think he's particularly in the, uh, in the know here, but I'll say this. I'll go on the record as saying that the number one and perhaps only way that I really want to see Jack Hardemeyer appear in another Ghostbusters movie is if he's directly partnered with Walter Peck and blundering bureaucratic antics. Um, so if they bring the two of them back and let them play off of each other like a tag team of bureaucracy, I could be down for that. There's some bumbling and fumbling there that could be interesting and fun to watch. So, um, you know, we never got to watch Fuller and Atherton riff off each other. They both have riffed with the New York City mayor, but they haven't riffed with each other. So, you know, why not? Let's do that. Maybe we just give them a spinoff. Like maybe they get like their own Netflix show. Um, you know, they just their job is to be we just call it like Ghostbusters bureaucrats. Um, <laughs> then their, their job is to figure out how to make everything far more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, but I, I honestly, I don't know what the, the, uh, Jack Hardemeyer role would be in this movie. I, I don't think we need that personally. I think that, uh, we should not try to shoehorn characters into a movie just for the sake of doing so. Um, it's doesn't make for good movie writing and script writing. And it's time for us to get new people as opposed to, uh, continue to see who, how many old people we can get into a movie. From my perspective, Afterlife was that movie. It was the movie that let us kind of have a moment with our old friends, let us uh, connect back with the old tissue of the thing we love. And now we need to move forward and do some new stuff. So as much as it's cute to think about Jack Hardemeyer in the movie, um, I will also say that I don't need it. And <laughs> I'm okay if that doesn't happen. Let's talk about something other than movies for a moment. Let's talk about virtual reality. Uh, Ghostbusters VR Academy is now up and running at select Hollowgate locations. Uh, if you haven't seen the photos of this, the cast of Afterlife, or at least three of the members of Afterlife, meaning uh, Logan Kim, McKenna Grace, and Finn Wolfhard, were at a Hollowgate location in the UK playing the new Ghostbusters VR Academy game. There was a fourth person in this photo, by the way, who was like in the back right corner, who's like was obscured by the camera. And I've been wondering, like, who was that? Because <laughs> it had to be somebody else like affiliated with. This. I don't think that they just like went to the arcade and like three of them went to go play and then just grabbed a stranger to be their fourth. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing to consider. The uh, the VR experience is now out there. The kids from Afterlife have played it given it positive reviews because I mean, what else would they give it? <laughs> but, uh, it's something that you can go and play. It's two parts, really. Like it's a location based virtual reality game where one part is a traditional run and game VR game with a headset and goggles and a gun. Uh, and the other is a VR flying and driving simulator where you pilot a futuristic flying Ecto one. Now, what's interesting is that while Hollowgate has about 450 locations worldwide in entertainment centers, theme parks, bowling alleys and arcades, their older run and gun platform is what exists in most of these environments. The flying car missions, however, are built on a new platform that they're calling Blitz, uh, and that's in far fewer locations worldwide by virtue of the fact that it's brand new. So 
whether you'll be able to go to one of the older locations and play like just part of this VR experience that doesn't have the hardware for the other half of it, I'm really not sure. Uh, and currently, when you go out to the Hollowgate website and try to track down a location that has the Ghostbusters game, that's kind of difficult because all their tracker tells you is where Hollowgate locations are, not necessarily what titles that location currently has in its library or its database or whatever. Uh, so, you know, to some extent, the only way to know if they have the software right now is to pick up the phone and call the hollow professionals. Uh, so I've found that there's actually two hollow gate locations within 15 minutes of my house by luck, but I've not been able to figure out yet whether or not they actually have the game in their libraries. So I'm kind of hoping to be able to stop by one of those two places in the next couple of weeks and just like pop in and see like how this works, whether or not you can, you know, is, is this a situation where there's a library of games and you can download something or request something they don't have yet? Or how does that work? Because uh, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. And the recurring thing that I keep seeing everybody ask is, how do you figure out which places actually have this uh, versus which places just have Hollowgate? And um, I don't know if anybody has any good answers about that. If anybody has tried this experience, found it in their area, wants to talk about it. I would love to hear from you. Uh, reach out at Extraplasm on Instagram or Twitter or extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com because I have yet to meet anybody who's actually done this. Uh, but I'm going to try myself as soon as I can. And I hope you will, too, because it seems like a pretty cool uh, and interesting thing to give a shot. I know that when they did a very similar thing at the Void locations uh, that some of us got to do after FanFest, they had a Void location in uh, Santa Monica where we went out and played a Ghostbusters game. It was really cool. Uh, it was really kind of a fun and immersive and interactive thing to be doing uh, where you feel like you're inside of a Ghostbusters mission. So. We'll see how this plays out, but I'm excited to give it a try when I finally find it. Um, so with some media news under our belts, let's talk for a couple minutes about merchandise announcements of the week. And in particular, this has been a week for cool toy and patch and pin announcements. Uh, to start off, let's talk a bit about the TCU Toys Ghostbusters figures that were announced by the Ghostbusters Containment Unit Autograph Group. Uh, and they're now available for pre-order by contacting TCU Toys on Instagram. Tom talked about these a little bit when he was on the show a few episodes back. Um, that he had mentioned that they were going to be starting to have some custom action figures that were small batch and hand produced. And at the time, the uh, card art for some of those was beginning to be teased. Since then, he began teasing the prototypes, if you've seen these like weird blue Ghostbusters figures that have been trending on different social media platforms, uh, then that's Tom's stuff. And essentially, the TCU Toys Ghostbusters figures are intended to be 3.75 inch figures with five points of articulation uh, where their arms and legs, their head uh, move, but they move because they have magnets in them uh, to allow them to sort of come apart, to allow them to be able to be moved around, etc. And so they ha are essentially like reaction size figures. If you're into super seven reaction figures or like old school 3.75 inch GI Joe's same scale here. The thing that's very exciting to me is that this is, would mean there's four movie figures that actually fit inside of an Ecto one that rolls a thing that we have not had uh, since anybody began making movie Ghostbusters figures to be fair. Like, yes, there's an Ecto one for, you know, the, uh, for, for the real Ghostbusters figures, but you're not putting any plasma series figures inside of a plasma series Ecto. You could, however, put TCU toys figures in there because they would fit perfect. 
Um, likewise, they fit perfectly in the Playmobil Ecto-1. So some people have said to me, like, what is the point of these? Why would you buy another set of Ghostbusters action figures? Um, you know, especially a set that is being produced, you know, by a, a smaller group of people who are kind of deciding to make them by hand. And I was like, because they fit in an Ecto-1 that really rolls. Like, it's that simple. There's no more discussion to be had here about this. Take my money because I, I this is something I've been chasing for years. And I have said that no one will give me a 112 Ecto-1. No one wants to give me an Ecto-1 to put my 5.5 and 6 inch action figures in. Um, instead, this is kind of like saying, hey, we can't go to the moon. So we're going to bring the moon to us. <laughs> we can't get an Ecto-1 that our figures fit in. So we're just going to get figures that fit in an Ecto-1. Um, and so I have to admit, I'm really excited about these. I think it's a really cool project. I think it's something fun and interesting. And I know that Tom has some really great ideas that he wants to, uh, you know, run with in terms of this kind of a project. So if you're interested in this, if you haven't seen them already, uh, you, you should go check them out so you can get interested in this. You can find them at TCU Toys on Instagram. Um, but these are going to run about $65 a piece, which sounds kind of pricey, but they are Again, handmade, individually sculpted by somebody. They're not like a cast out of a mold. They're not recast Hasbro figures that somebody's like, hey, I, I did this and I changed the color of something and added a piece and now it's new. These are brand new, originally sculpted figures um, with a completely different way of articulating them than you've probably seen before using magnets instead of, uh, you know, other alternatives. And so the full set is, I believe, slated to run $300 for all four of them. but. Um, you know, if you're a completist and you are devoted to having an Ecto one that figures will fit in, it might be worth it to you. It, it might be worth it to me. <laughs> so we'll see. But um, if nothing else, check them out. TCU toys on Instagram. And, uh, you know, Tom is, is a great friend of the show and has been a guest on the show before. The, uh, for those of you who've bought autographs from the containment unit autograph group, you know about the uh, level of quality and meticulousness that uh, Matt and Tom from the containment unit have, and, um, you know, that's going to pay, that's going to obviously pay off in terms of how they work on other projects or how Tom works on this. So uh, if you have questions about it, check it out at TCU toys on Instagram in patch and pin news, uh, ruckus tees.com has announced the 19 enamel pin subscription service based on the flare patches available to customize your character in Ghostbusters spirits unleashed. Uh, I got to say, I think this is a pretty cool idea. There are a series of like patches that you can put on your uniform for those of you who don't play Spirits Unleashed that Ilphonic added to the game probably two updates ago. So they said, here's more ways to customize your uniform. And that meant that you could put like the Zenner cards on your uniform or you could put, um, you know, a Cyclotron on your uniform or a Raise a Cult badge on your uniform. And so Ruckus Tees essentially is selling all of the badges from the game that you can patch on your uniform, but they're selling them as enamel pins. They're going to come out uh, 19 enamel pins over the course of four months, I believe, because that's is a little more than that. It's from April until September, so five months. Um, and subscribers will pay $25 each month to receive three to four pins from the series. Uh, so they'll begin this month in April with the Cyclotron Charger pin, the Camp Wakanda Mello, Malo rest, Roast pin, and the raise a cult pin. And so if you pre back in full for all three months for $150, then you get an exclusive mystery pin that'll be announced later at the end of the campaign. 
But if you're into Ghostbusters pins, um, then you probably know of Ruckus Tees and the pins that Johnny Ruckus has produced in the past. This is a pretty neat subscription series idea. I have to, I have to be honest. Like, I think that uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, put these pins and patches or put these patches on their uniforms in the game. And I think to be able to own the whole set is pretty cool. If nothing else, to be able to own the ones that your avatar uh, wears in the game is kind of fun. And, you know, it's just I don't know. It's kind of cool. Um, they're not like merit badges. I'm trying to think of the word that I want. They're like I keep saying flair because they remind me of the flair from Office Space that they just kind of make your Ghostbusters uniform uh, look flashier and more fun. <laughs> but um, but I have to say, like the, the patch designs in the game are good like they're they're nice artistic representations that translate well into uh real world pins so this is the kind of thing that interests you if you're into ghostbusters pins already or if you're into ghostbusters spirits unleashed check out ruckustees.com um and probably do that before the end of the month so you can make sure that you don't miss out on the first month of the subscription and you can get in on all of the pins continuing our discussion of patch and pin news the Buffalo Ghostbusters announced a two-patch series of designs based on the Ghostbusters thermal mug from Ghostbusters 2. One of those patches depicts a black thermal mug overflowing with green slime and emblazoned with the original Ghostbusters logo, and the other depicts a Ghostbusters 2 mug frothing with pink slime. Uh, the two 4.5-inch slimes uh, uh, pins, <laughs> they're slimes, that's what they are. Now, the two 4.5-inch pins are going to set you back about $22, but your money goes to a good cause. Uh, the proceeds from these pins will go to the New York City Fire Department and Hook and Ladder 8 as part of this year's Ghostbusters Day celebration. So um, the, not only do you get two, two awesome limited edition patches that are really kind of fun and cool, but you get to know that your money is going to support uh, the FDNY and that it's going to be received by those folks uh, at Ghostbusters Day. So Check out Buffalo G Busters on Instagram or the Buffalo Ghostbusters page on Facebook for more information on this. The pre-order window closes on April 30th. Uh, they have another, you know, a GoFundMe that's going on as well to donate towards the FDNY for Ghostbusters Day. And this is separate from that. Uh, so if you've already donated to the GoFundMe, you, that doesn't include these patches. So if you want them, you should go and get them. Um, but there's some pretty awesome pieces. I, I think they're really, they're really kind of neat. And I don't, I have to say, I don't know that, that I've seen like mug patches before um, that look like the thermal mug from Ghostbusters 2, but that's exactly what they are. And at 4.5 inches, it's a pretty nice size that will display well on a jacket or something. So um, I may need to pick those up. They're pretty awesome. And our final piece of community news for the week, I wanted to tell you about and remind you about something important and important to me, which is that uh, the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters are raffling off Two Ghostbusters Afterlife autographs. Austin Young, who's been on the show before several times, is running a raffle for autographs from Logan Kim and McKenna Grace. And if you've paid attention to this show and what I joke about with McKenna Grace's autograph, it has become unobtainium. It is very difficult to get because McKenna Grace is very busy and does not make a lot of public appearances where her autograph is being signed. <laughs> so if you're looking to get her autograph, it's kind of hard to get it. Um, especially on a Ghostbusters photo. So uh, the proceeds from the raffle that he, that Austin and the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters are running are supporting Integris Mental Health, which is a facility that works with kids experiencing mental health crisis and that the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters have worked to support in events like winter coat drives and interactive outreach with kids over the years. Um, and when Austin was on the show a few months ago, he talked about how 
these kids are in private medical facilities and often recovering from emotional trauma. And so the work that the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters does with those kids is often not the kind of work that they can put on their social media page and say, hey, this is what we're doing and who we hung out with this weekend because those kids are in situations where they're already in emotional stress and trauma. And then they also have an expectation of privacy. So um, this is one of those kinds of situations where it's like an unsung hero situation. And I'm asking you all, if you were, um, you know, a person who has five dollars to donate, uh, all you need to do to be entered into this uh, this raffle is to donate five dollars to Integris Mental Health and forward your uh, receipt to Austin, to the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters. You can enter up to five times for twenty five dollars total. So five five dollars for five entries uh, for twenty five dollars. And that gets you in the running to potentially win, uh, you know, McKenna Grace and Logan Kim's autographs. So if you're an autograph collector, like this is a no brainer, because from my perspective, like you, you throw five dollars in the ring and see if maybe you come out with autographs for somebody who is very difficult for even the containment unit to get autographs from right now. Um, and so please check this out. Go to Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters on Instagram or Facebook uh, and keep in mind that the time is running out on this. The drawing happens on April 16th. So if you're not really getting into it in the next like 10 days uh, of the day the podcast is coming out, then there's a really good chance you'll miss out on this. Um, And I'm telling you that I want folks to go do this because I know that there's probably not a ton of people who've done it so far, which means that your odds, I don't know what they are. I'm not going to tell you because I have no idea how many entries there are. But I know that when I talk to somebody who says, hey, it would be really great to get some booster for our raffle. That potentially it means that the number of entries might not be that big right now and that jumping in now might actually be um, a logically good decision in terms of how you might invest your money in a gamble. Um, that that being said, um, I'll, I'll leave it at that. That's You make your own decisions. I am not a lawyer, nor am I a financial advisor, nor am I a collectible shaman. Uh, so be that as it may. Um, but do support these, you know, kinds of efforts, whether it's Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters last week, uh, John Roop and Rob Sosby were on the show talking about the work they're doing with a friend with a raffle uh, for a member of their organization uh, who passed away and supporting her family. You know, it, whatever you can do to give and contribute back, these kinds of contributions are important. They help franchises succeed at the charity work they're doing. And when we all support each other, we all win. So uh, even if you don't win the autographs from Austin, you'll still win something in your heart that makes you feel good. And you'll win the support of somebody later on who wants to come back and help you and contribute back to you. So um, pay it forward, all those good things. And uh, let's see if we can help out the Central Oklahoma Ghostbusters because um, I like them and they're good people. And last but not least, I wanted to remind you that Ghostbusters Radio Live is happening on Thursday on YouTube. Uh, That's Yes Have Some's new bi-weekly Ghostbusters live stream show that's happening at 7 p.m. PST and 10 p.m. EST. If you live in MST or CST or outside the United States, I'm 100% sure you can piece out when this is um, and figure it out. But uh, this is their live stream show they're doing to discuss all sort of Ghostbusters speculation about Firehouse, about, you know, potential cartoons that are coming and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if you felt a little bit short change this week on Extraplasm because this is a short episode, I want to invite you to come and uh, engage that conversation and know that if you're looking for me, I'll probably be in the chat room. So <laughs> if, you, if you don't feel like you got enough engagement from me, from Extraplasm this week, um, come and get a, an extra dose of Ghostbuster stuff from Yes Have Some on Thursday. 
And um, yeah, that about sort of gives you a little bit of an idea of what goes on with that show. So um, it doesn't replace this show. I'm not like, hey, give up on Extraplasm because there's this other thing for you to do now. But given that this is a short week and an odd week without a guest, um, and given that there's a robust conversation happening there, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you to go check it out. So especially because Yes Have Some has been very supportive of this show and uh, Jake and Craig have both been on the show and been awesome guests. So um, feel free to check that out Thursday night. And that about wraps things up for Extra Plasm this week. If you uh, have anything you want to share with the podcast in the future, you can, of course, reach me at Extraplasm at Instagram or Twitter or at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear on the show, you can always leave a positive review uh, for the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever we're calling it now or Spotify, wherever you find the podcast. Thank you, as always, to Baducci Studios for our logo, to Vaporwave musician Magnavox for our theme music, and to you for being an awesome listener who tunes in and supports the show, even when it's shorter than usual and doesn't have a guest. (laughs) I've been your host, Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Vink Maniac from the Internet. And this has been Extraplasm. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, as Ernie Hudson would say, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care.